Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Health Talk Radio, episode number 12. We're going to talk about the supplement industry, the deep, dark secrets of the entire industry. I've got my products. If you're watching this on YouTube, I've got my products in front of me. We are going to reference them because we're going to share kind of my sort of philosophy and what I do different from the majority of the industry. I'm here with Paul. Paul, how are you doing today? Are you excited to talk about this? Are you gonna are you gonna shit on a lot of companies here, or are you gonna be are you gonna be nice? I'm listen, mate. I'm happy to be here. Every day's a good day. So let's just see what comes out. Eh? I love it. I love it. So the supplement industry as a whole, gosh, um, how do we kick this off? What are you thinking today? How do we kick hey, I'll off tell you the what, discussion? I'll, yeah. I'll tell you what I would like to know is why you started a supplement industry, a supplement business in an already massively saturated market where margins are razor thin. Mm-hmm. And then you decide, I know, here's a good idea. I'm going to go and jump in with all the the big fish and try and compete and and, and make a profitable business out of it. Because I'm crazy. They weren't even in your drinking days, right? They were when well, you were sober when you made that decision. I was sober. I was sober. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because the space is really crowded. It's been really crowded. Um. As you know, as well, you know what, let me let me just give you a little context. I know you know most of this story, but for the listeners, right? So I started about a decade ago. Uh, I hit rock bottom personally. I was overweight. I was going through bankruptcy and divorce as an ex-addict. I was doing cocaine and ecstasy, drinking four or five nights a week. And I hit like rock, rock, rock bottom. Um, fitness was not on my mind, health, I could care less. I was depressed. I was taking, you know, anti-anxiety medication. I was taking Wellbutrin. I mean, it was a disaster. Um, and and so, but look, right, there's there's hope even when there's chaos. And so I hit rock bottom. I moved back in with my mom. I took my health really seriously for whatever reason. I just remember, uh, and I think I shared this story with you really uh, uh, before, Paul, but I remember carrying two bags of groceries up two flights of stairs. And I, at the end of it, at the top of the stairs, I was like winded and out of breath. And like, I remember that moment. And I'm like, man, I'm too young for this. Like, there is no way I should be out of breath after two flights of stairs and two little bags of groceries. So in that moment, I drew a line in the sand and I took control of my health. And so the evolution is this. I took control of my health. I got six certifications over six months. I started making videos on YouTube. Then I went to Instagram. I stayed consistent on this train. I created programs. We did meal plans. We've done exercise apps. And so the natural uh, sort of following move for me was to create a supplement brand, right? I had everything else and it was like, let's do supplements. But if you know me and you know me, but if you know me, then you know that I can't do it the way that everybody does it. I can't do it and not feel good about it. And so as I'm learning about nutrition and I'm learning about supplementation and whole foods and organic and non-GMO, I'm thinking to myself, like, I've got to do this the way that I would want it done. And I remember at the time I was going to GNC and I was trying to find things. And at the time there was a lot less organic non-GMO products than there is now. I think the trend is here. There's a lot of manufacturers now who have come to the space. Uh, But for me, it was creating something organic, locally sourced, non-GMO, 
super high quality that not only I could enjoy, but that I could give to my kids. And so I saw this opportunity. I can't remember how I thought of the name Detox Organics, but as soon as I did, I'm like, you know what? I got to go with this. And then we went with Superfoods as our core product. And then as you know now, we've got a number of products. So crazy, yes, but man, the testimonials that have come through, the, the, the feedback that we've gotten, the amount of people who are on auto ship and subscribe to our product because they love it and they get the benefit from it. Oh my gosh, I never thought in a million years that we would have this much success with a supplement brand. I will say that. And it's difficult. I mean, I know back then there were no uh, products that were organic that you could buy over the counter. There was a lot of practitioner brands that were organic, but that was all practitioner prescription. There was no, like you couldn't just walk into a health food shop and get it necessarily. It's quite hard. And a lot of the GNC stock was just all bodybuilding stuff. It was all yes. like, you know, BSN and Optimum Way and all that kind of stuff, which yep. is still out there. It's still doing great guns. Yep. But those products are not for your health. We know that. They're for, you know, to, to somehow facilitate a training program, whatever it is. But um, yeah, <laughs> you, so so, you, so eloquently, you so eloquently put, it to put, put that out there. You're like, yeah, it's basically bullshit. That's what you just well, said. <laughs> no, no, People take things all sorts of ways. So, but the, but but the fact is, there wasn't anything good. And I remember when you launched Detox Organics, I actually came over. I was in Phoenix. You were my um, husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, about three months later, and it had gone insane. It like it, it, it just took off from day one. It just went absolutely crazy. So, um, it, it, yeah, I can understand why you saw a gap in a in a very saturated market. But then you had the issue of how do I then re-educate people to mm-hmm. understand this is this is the thing you should be doing rather than that bubblegum flavored pre-workout or yes. you know, whatever the 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 very cheap whey protein concentrate, which has got more fillers in it than it's got protein kind of stuff. Yep. Um, because there was a lot of that. Because whey protein is really cheap. Very like if you yep. if you if you buy protein concentrate and then mix it with a load of fillers, you can buy like a, a 2.2 pounds yep. tub, kilo tub, for less than five bucks, I should think. Yep. Right? Yep. It, including the tub and the label, right? So the, it, it's very, very um, cheap. It can and be you're, very and cheap. You're talking about, and you're talking about, so you're talking about the manufacturing cost, not the cost to the consumer, just no, to no, clarify. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Because yeah, I think so what we need to a, do is we need to shed some light on, right, these manufacturers, and we're not going to name any names, right? But like you said, I could get protein. I could get my vegan protein. I can get stuff with fillers and all kinds of shit. I can get that for five bucks. Yeah, My cost, on, my, my cost on protein just went up to $13.50. $13.50, yeah. and, and it's 18 servings. This yeah. is 18 servings, and I'm paying yeah. two and a half times what a lot of these other manufacturers are paying for their 2.2-pound tubs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, because quality does cost money. And to the consumer, a protein is a protein. They're not really that that acutely aware of what goes into it or what the numbers are or what it means. Just goes, oh, take this after your workout and you'll get jacked. And, and it's like, okay, whatever. But but that and that was really prevalent back in the day because <clears throat> education and awareness of the consumer was very low, and therefore they weren't they, they could get away with it, right? And they did, and clearly they did. There was also a really interesting study, maybe more than five, maybe eight, seven or eight years ago, where somebody took it upon himself, just a regular guy, to lab test 
the, the, the protein claims on a lot of the popular proteins on the market. And some of them were as much as 50, 60% under what was being Reported. printed on the, on, on the yeah. label. And yeah. so then you, become, you got all this, right, oh, how can I trust this brand? How do I know this is really what it is? And, and all that kind of stuff. And again, you know, people were very much marketed to via, in those days, it was kind of the magazines or the, the point of sale boards you got in the, in the gyms or the personal trainers or whatever it was. There wasn't that much. This or is way the, before the, uh, we talked about The expos, a lot of the expos, a lot of the bodybuilding expos, right? Yeah, right, way, 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 way before um, social media and, and, and right. online. And, 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 and people were buying this stuff. Let me give you an even better example. 40, no, 20, 30, 30 years ago, mm-hmm. um, I was living in Vancouver and there, uh, and I was at the time I was training at Gold's Gym in Vancouver and um, I was using a protein shake. I cannot tell you, I can't even describe the taste of that kind of protein back then. It, it wasn't even, it wasn't even a comparable taste to anything. It was so unpalatable, <laughs> right? It's it, still it's the weirdest like thing. Yeah. But it's the yeah. weirdest thing, right? But at that time, in the UK and in, in, in the States, that's what there was. And it had this really right. distinctive taste. I can't, uh, it's really weird. And if you're if you're old enough to remember it, you'll realize what I'm talking about. But nowadays, it's like candy, right? It's like a yeah. dessert. Yeah. And, and a lot of them are, uh, are targeted as like they put casein in it, whip it up, and now you've got a pudding or a dessert, whatever it is. And it just persists the misnomer that you can eat these kind of foods and be healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And so and so then you come along with this sack of um brown powder and go, Yeah, this has got like five pounds of greens and fruits and vegetables and stuff in it, and it's all organic and it's insane and it's bioavailable. And then people are gonna look at that and go, Well, what 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 are you talking about? Where's the protein? You know, is it a pre-workout? What 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 because that's really all there was. Yep. Is it a protein? Is it a pre-workout? Is it branched chain amino acids, which we also had at the time, I think, or maybe prior to that. Yep. But but there's a whole whole thing about it. And so getting the education of people around to realizing superfoods was the first issue, I think, that you would have come across. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think here's the thing to think about, right? As you're sharing those things, right? Oftentimes we think supplements. We think healthy. We don't think I should check the labels. We just think this is a supplement. This is a protein. This is a BCA. This is a fat burner. This is going to make me perform better in the gym. And because it makes me perform better in the gym, it should also be healthy for me. When in fact, we know that that's not the case because we're looking at energy drinks and we're looking at fat burners and we're looking at pre-workouts and post-workouts. And we're looking at all these things. And if we turn the tub around, we're looking at red dye. We're looking at yellow dye. We're looking at blue dye, artificial flavors. I mean, how the hell do you think they make bubblegum cotton candy flavored protein, yeah. right? Yeah. There is no bubblegum cotton candy f- natural flavoring. Not even yeah. not even natural flavors. Even natural flavors are suspect. Yeah. Well, when you get like natural coloring and it's a red color. Beet. Then very, beets. Very, no, no. Very often it will come from beetles. I didn't, right? Beetles. Yeah. So it's, if it's natural. So it's, if it's natural. It's natural because it's a natural yeah. product, and that beetle 
um, dye that the either the, they'll use something from it that creates this redness. You certainly get it in a lot of um, pre-packaged uh, curry, you know, to get it the red color in the sauce. Um, and, and a lot of that was certainly rife going on before. Now, obviously, yeah, beets uh, will be used and things like that. But a lot of those dyes, and we've had these conversations many times, a lot of the stuff in the US is not allowed in the UK. Uh, why? Europe, why do you think that is? Do they? Do you guys just? Do you guys just care more about your citizens than we do? <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, you know, it, it's money related, right? It's a, it's certainly a, um, a profit uh-huh. issue, and the, there's a lot of things there that um, are not seen as uh, fit for human consumption in Europe. It's just the way it is, and that's just a long-standing cultural problem where they have very, very big. Um, profits to be made with massive corporations that are that are basically promoting it as something that is perfectly okay. And mm-hmm. here is the proof behind it. And the proof behind it is all generated by their own subsidiaries own, or yeah, yep. you know whatever involvement they have. And they go, look, there you go. There's the research. I'm telling you, it's the greatest thing in the world. And it's like, hang on a minute. You know, yeah. th- clearly this is not um, fit for for purpose. I got two questions for you, Paul, as we're as we're digging into here. Do you think so? I want to talk about science and I want to talk about the studies that you just mentioned, because there's a lot of these companies out now coming out now that say, you know, look at the science, look at our studies, blind third, three people blind, placebo blind, all of this stuff. Before we talk about that, though, do you think like if we're talking about the supplement industry as a whole and we know that 95% or more is is really garbage there's a small percentage of supplements that i believe are actually beneficial for our health both in the short term and the long term but if we're talking about the industry as a whole do you think that these companies are oblivious to the stuff that we're talking about do you think that that they're oblivious to the fact that these artificial flavors and dyes and and sucralose and and crappy sugars do you think they're oblivious to the fact that these things are harmful or do you do you think that they know and they're trying to cut corners and they're trying to make sure that you drink it and get addicted to it so that they can pack their money their their bank accounts with profits what do you think same with the tobacco companies you think they know exactly the same there's no way that a tobacco company does not know smoking kills you yeah. It's not possible. So you, for them so you, so you think that these health companies, because we're talking about health companies, yeah. right? I'm not going to name any names, but pick your favorite one. These are health brands who have beautiful, healthy models, both men and women, advertising their the the, the idea here is real health. So you think that they know that the products, the ingredients that they're using in their formulas are actually not healthy, but still doing it because of the money. Um, that's, a, that's a case for the, for the judge to make comment on. That hurts but my heart, from though. My, from, what, from what I can see, it, there, there was a very big global brand um, of, a, of a, a protein or some sort of like health product, whatever it is, um, <clears throat> that was valued at a billion dollars at one point and, and um, sponsored some massive, massive football teams and um, soccer teams and all the rest of it. And they were, they were endemic throughout everywhere. And, mm-hmm. and they worked on a multi-level marketing yep. uh, I don't know who you're talking about. perspective, right? And mm-hmm. they go like, here's a tub and it's 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. And then you it's have- 80 maybe, now, by the way. Sorry? 
It's 80 now. That same tub is 80 now. The company yeah. you're talking so, about, one of the yeah. biggest multi-level marketing companies out there. They sell shitty supplements. Yeah, but, but say it's like 80 bucks, whatever it is. Yep. The thing to understand is, firstly, it's being sold to you by your mechanic because he's part of the multi-level marketing thing where someone said to him, look, you got to sell this stuff. It makes everyone amazing. Look, at all the write-ups are, are fantastic. And, everyone, and then you can make a load of money out as well. Every time you buy this or you sell it, you make X amount. And then if you get other people doing it, you can make more money and all this kind of jazz, right? And, um, and then the person that gets them into the, uh, into the process also gets paid and their person gets paid and so on. So it will mm-hmm. go like seven or eight levels deep. Mm-hmm. And to pay six or seven people, say, off of one tub, there has to be the profit in there. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to have the margin. So if you've got a tub at 80 bucks and you're paying six or seven people and you have to have global marketing and packaging and distribution and tubs and labels and, 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 right? Never mind your customer service, which is global and everything else. The actual cost of of putting that product together has got to be very, very low. Yep. Because you have to have the profit in it to be able to pay all these people. So true, yeah. So you can't make a quality product at a cheap price. It's just not possible because Mm -hmm. for you to get a natural product, it has to be grown somehow, right? Now, whether that means you have to feed a cow and that has to make the milk, that you can't just ramp up the production when you need more of it and make it cheap, right? That's a natural process that has to go on. If you're growing mushrooms, especially if you're growing the mold and the fruiting bodies on other things like grains of rice and stuff, that doesn't happen overnight. It take, it takes amount of time. This is not a chemical process where you've pushed the button and, and you know, the chemicals have been made in a, in a relatively short period of time in tons of you know, vats, massive, massive vats of, of, of tons of volume that in, in a relatively short period of time, it's very cheap. The raw material is next to nothing and, it's totally artificial. That's a different thing. So if I said, like, like this week, um, a few days ago, I planted some, talking about beets, I planted some beetroot in a, in our garden. And um, they will probably take, I don't know, a few months to grow, right? But uh, by the end of the uh, summer, they'll, they'll be ready. I can't rush that. Right. So if I'm selling beets for a profit and I've got 500 in my garden, say, I have to wait now until then, right? If that's all I had. Yeah. And so it's yep. a very long process to get the right stuff. And so there isn't a way of making it cheap. So if you're getting a product that's paying a lot of people out of it, you have to think logically about how, how good is this ingredient, right? It just doesn't work. Financially, it doesn't work. And then you get the other side of it that says, well, we won't employ lots of people and multi-level market it. We'll just do the marketing will be very effective. We'll get influencers to put it up and say, look, I'm taking this and I've lost 20 pounds and whatever it is. And then I will sell it that way and we'll give them a bit. But generally we can just push it out and get the brand awareness. It's going to cost us tens of millions of dollars. <coughs> Excuse me. But we know we're going to get hundreds of millions back because everyone will just buy it because it's in your face. It's branded. It's on Amazon. It's on QVC. It's everywhere you look. It's the thing you have to take. And the more image mm-hmm. you see, 
skinny girl, fat burner, skinny girl, protein, whatever it is, you, you'll end up just believing it and buying it. Yep. And so, but they're the processes that the, the, the um, industry are, are based upon. So when you get something nowadays, you do get a lot more organic stuff because they've switched onto it now and realized the market that buys the organic were never buying the other crap anyway. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It, especially it when you, in, yep. They were like, well, that's not even something I'm going to use. Yep. Yep. So there's this whole market that was untapped. All right. Well, well, well let's go because go. we've got half a billion dollars behind us and we can go in and make something else. Work. And so, um, so that's my opinion on, do they know it's bad? Um, it, it would be very unlikely for them not to have some sort of awareness. Yeah. And it's very agree. much like, sorry, Mike, it's very much like, cause I'm on a bit of a thing about this. Yeah, um, you are. Uh, there's a there's a there's a series a tv series called dope sick <clears throat> if you haven't watched it then i highly recommend you, you dope, watch it d-o-p-e sick yeah dope sick okay okay and it is the story of a pharmaceutical company called purdue who are still around massive mm-hmm. and how they created the biggest opioid epidemic uh Oof. in the united states right mm-hmm Mm-hmm. By, by by legally selling opioids, which mm-hmm. is heroin. Mm-hmm. And and when you watch that, you understand how the the pharmaceutical company were were fully aware of the issues, and then they would educate their salespeople to sell the product into the doctors. Based on oh this is what your this is what your patient needs for pain, and uh, 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 stating that it's less than one percent addictive, which was a complete and utter lie, and was proven yes. many many decades later. Um, but it's how they continued to get the doctors to be educated in a certain way that they believed it was right for the patient, mm-hmm. and only when they had lines of people queuing up outside pharmacies to get their script like all sitting there scratching and itch and and like uh, oh yeah it's an and strung yep. out that yep. they realize something's going wrong here but it's definitely worth watching because it shows how the pharmaceutical companies are fully aware of what's going on and yet will use any means necessary for the profit now i'm sure yep. there'll be representatives of pharmaceutical companies that will completely argue the point and say, look, that was a one-off and so on and so forth. Watch the program. You know, mm-hmm. It's about six series, six parts, I think it is. Well worth it just for just for educational purposes as to how this whole thing works because next time you see a drug being advertised, you've got to understand how the profit that drives that is derived, you know, how it's come yeah. to. So really yeah. important. And so do the so, so- companies know yeah, I'll, you think I'll be they very do. Yeah, and I think they do too. And it hurts my heart when we're talking about. So I want to give, I want to bring this back to supplements because I want to give people some, some takeaways and some things to, to sort of chew on. When we're talking about suspect ingredients, right? We're talking about ingredients that maybe hidden ingredients, maybe hidden sugars, right? What are some of those suspect ingredients? And I've got some in the back of my mind that I want to sort of ask you about. But from your perspective, what are those suspect ingredients that consumers need to be aware of 
it's uh, it's difficult because there are so many. Yeah, it, give me give if me, you can't just pronounce give me some... it, if you can't pronounce it, it's probably not you shouldn't be taking it. Right, that's mm-hmm. the first thing, and also, you know, a good protein, for example, should have like two or three ingredients. Right, right, right. And I got mine sitting right here. You should have I got protein. Mine right here. Me, yeah. it, it might have a, a natural sweetener in it, and, yep. and and maybe it's got some digestive enzymes or something, right? So mine has organic brown rice protein, <laughs> organic quinoa protein, organic hemp protein, organic pumpkin protein. I'll stop there for just a second. Most proteins, and you can attest to this, most vegan proteins, number one, they're not organic. This is 100% organic, so that's first and foremost. But secondly, if yeah. you notice, most vegan proteins are 100% pea isolate, which is actually the least expensive vegan yeah. protein on the market. Now, I don't use that in mine. I just told you I've got brown rice, quinoa, hemp, and pumpkin all organic. Right. So that's just one difference. But when you're talking about proteins and being very few ingredients and I'll continue, right? Coconut water, organic MCT oil, organic vanilla flavor. Most of the time you'll see in really clean proteins, you'll see natural flavors. I decided I said, no, I want to know what's in that damn flavor. I don't want natural flavors. So we got vanilla flavor. Um, We've got pink Himalayan salt. We use a little bit of stevia and monk fruit and cinnamon bark in order to sweeten this and make it taste phenomenal but back to suspect ingredients i mean there's none in mine but what do you think about like maltodextrin and and yeah, stuff I mean, maltodextrin, like that maltodextrin is just a very um refined sweetener right it's a very refined sugar and healthy healthy or no well, no not really i mean it's, it's going to really be there to sweeten the the product and, and make it palatable it's not there you know going back to the 1970s 80s when it was not palatable you can see why they would do it but Maltodextrin is just a very cheap sweetener, right? And and cheap a very sweetener. cheap sugar. So mm-hmm. it's going to spike blood glucose and stuff. I mean, I'm sure there's not a huge amount of it in there, but like you say, you know, monk fruit is a lot more expensive. Stevia is expensive. Stevia's got a bit of an aftertaste. A lot of people don't get on with it. Some people get bloated off certain sweeteners like that. But, you know, it, it's all about if you put in the good quality products that have, you know, relatively low amount of, ingredients then you're going to get a relatively good um product to use however Mm -hmm. and this is no criticism even with your vegan protein people have to ask themselves why do i need that if i'm eating a decent diet right yes absolutely And, and when they are then potentially that's a that's something that's not needed yeah so are they then using it for this whole continuation of the sweet receptor you know experience because it's like a, it's healthy but it tastes sweet and and so on and so the other side of that argument is well majority of people have got gut issues they're not absorbing their foods even though they're eating the most amazing diet and therefore using something that is already um highly bioavailable and doesn't need so much um breaking down prior to it being digested could be useful whilst you work on fixing your gut. Yeah. So there's a lot of, you know, everything's individual, as you know. I think it's, I I do think based on what you just said too, it's really, really important to help or to, yeah, help the listeners understand you can't supplement, you can't supplement your way out of a bad diet, right? Just like you can't train your way out of a bad diet. You can't get away from a bad diet. So if you have a bad diet and you think, oh, I'm going to take, my, you know, Michael superfoods. Yeah, certainly if you have a bad diet, it's getting some really good, healthy, you know, 
herbs and, and, you know, plants into your diet. But if you think that you're going to be healthy, you're going to eat like shit and have pizza and beer and all yeah, those yeah, things every not, single day and take my products. Like you're not like, like that's not what no. I'm here for. Right. No. Diet but first. Then your, but, but then your business isn't around that. Your business is not saying just take this and, and you know, and tell with everything else. The majority of your education is around health. But here's right. the other thing. And, and almost contradictory to that. Um, I suggest anyone take a superfoods. So detox organics, for example, right? I, I would say to anybody, it's worth putting it into your daily routine. Again, I do not get paid by detox organics, right? So let me get that on. Uh, let me get yep. that out. It's, this is not a promotion. I'll give you. I'll, I'll shoot you a Venmo after the after the podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> send, me, <laughs> send me a check. Remember that from last time. <laughs> right. So <clears throat> the um, uh, uh, but the purpose of that statement, and it doesn't have to be detox organics. It can be any good superfood that you can find that's got all organic ingredients and whatnot. Um, the reason is, you know, the majority of people just don't absorb their foods properly. And also the foods that they're eating are not of great quality a lot of the time. Even if you're eating all organic stuff all the time, if you're mm -hmm. compromised in your digestion for whatever reason, and most people are, then there's going to be a shortfall somewhere. And for the small amount it costs to, to take a superfoods once a day, to, to basically for housekeeping and just to cover all your bases, I just think it'd be crazy not to. And, and if people say, no, 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 I'm going to do it all, you know, uh, naturally and I'm going to eat a good diet, they're great. If that's what you're going to do, that's fantastic. But I can tell you, if you live in a modern city or, or you know, a modern town, you're running a relatively modern lifestyle, you're not Amish or anything, the stress, the pollution, the environmental toxicity, the yep. social media and everything else that's destroying you is going to compromise your uptake of those nutrients. And so if you can get it, in a good, easy, simple way, then I highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. So three things, actually four things that we got to cover in the next 20 to 25 Go. minutes. I want to talk about the science and the studies by the supplement manufacturers. I want to give the listeners your top five suspect ingredients. I want to talk about the importance between organic and non-GMO. Do we need it? And then I want to talk about your, I want to finish this by giving people your top five supplements. I know that's individualized, but I want to give a general blanket, like the based on what we know about the population and all the blood work that you've seen, we know what people are deficient in mostly, not everybody, but I want to give people like a, a, a stack, a bundle. And so that's what I want to do. So let's start really quickly. Let's wrap it up on the suspect ingredients, right? Artificial flavors, right? Yeah. Anything dyes, that's artificial. Anything right? that's artificial, anything that's dyes, anything that's got brackets around it, anything you can't pronounce. If you don't anything that doesn't grow on the on the in the ground or on a tree, you know, yep. you know it's not gonna be what you're what you should be putting. Sucralose. In the How do you feel about sucralose? Yeah, again, you know, sweeteners of that description can, can cause a lot of gut issues with people. Everyone's individual to it. It's it's one of those things again, you know, be sensible. You don't think you're gonna you get your yeah, get you don't think you're gonna be able to take a processed food, which these are, including yep. your protein, right? These are processed. You don't mm -hmm. get those in nature. You get pumpkin in nature and you get hemp in nature, but putting it all together in that process and um, micronizing it so that it becomes a powder and stuff is not a natural thing. Sure. However, 
if you're going to do that sort of stuff, obviously have things that you can pronounce. Mm-hmm. Oh, that list of ingredients you read out, you know, everyone knows what coconut water is. Everyone knows what hemp is. Cinnamon bark what, is. Yep. Yeah, cinnamon yep. and... MC2 um, oil, pink Himalayan salt, right? Yeah, right, so yep. th- these things are, make, make much more sense. So look for yep. that kind of ingredient thing. That's what I'm mm-hmm. saying. When we're talking about sucralose too, as people are listening in, and we're talking specifically about supplements, sucralose is in almost all of the energy drinks nowadays. Even yeah, the ones true, that man. claim that they're healthy, right? There's sucralose in those. And so if you're experiencing gut issues and you're drinking an energy drink, I'm not going to say any names. I'm not here to bash anything specifically, yeah, yeah, yeah. even though the majority of them, but you have to check out like two energy drinks a day with sucralose in it. Now you got gut issues and you're like, doc, doc, I need a pill for these gut issues. No, you don't you need to stop drinking the energy drinks. You need to stop putting the garbage in your body. That's well, what you really it's, need it's actually, it's actually more than that. <clears throat> so the energy drinks are um, adding to the problem, but if you're if you're drinking two energy drinks a day, you have to ask yourself why. Mm-hmm. And if, and if you're having to, you know, caffeinate yourself that much, it's because your lifestyle is wrong, mm-hmm. and therefore you know you've got all the cascade down from that. So high adrenaline, high adrenal problems, not sleeping properly, no deep sleep, no recovery, you wake up very tired can't um, focus properly you have to have uh, energy drink mid-afternoon otherwise you fall asleep that that's all wrong yeah and so forget your gut health let's just get the the bottom the, the basics right first on that mm-hmm. so moving into organic <coughs> non-gmo so all of detox organics is 100 organic i have never made a formula and i just put out two new mushroom yeah. formulas for the people that are listening check out the dopamine detox check out because i think we should do a podcast on mushrooms and all the different mushrooms because they're trending yes but there's a lot of studies coming out on how beneficial they are so we've got a radiation detox which is six powerful organic mushrooms we've got a dopamine detox now that's got mushrooms and ashwagandha in it but again organic 100 organic non-gmo and my question for you is how important do you think it is to consume supplements that are organic and non-gmo is there do we really need that stuff ideally that's how you want to choose right Uh, but again Mm -hmm. you know vegan diet we spoke about last time um if you if you're going to feed the world sadly there's not enough organic natural to go around so some people are going to have to use a gmo product but you need to be um, conscious about what you put in your body. And if you're going to use something, do your best to make it as pesticide free and, you know, chemical free as possible. That's, yep. that's the only way you can describe that. What, what about, so obviously, you know, Detox Organics is a vegan supplement line. What about on the other side with whey? Grass-fed whey, regular whey, what's your feeling on on that? I'm not big on whey. I used to, I used to drink whey all the time. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't do whey. If I'm going to do, I do collagen. I do my vegan protein. That's usually what I do. But what's your feeling on whey you so, know, versus pasture weight raised grass fed whey? Again, it's very difficult because by the time it gets into a, into a product, it's, it's pretty much as far from its natural source as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so whether it be grass fed or whether it be, um, uh, grain fed, um, I don't think the actual outcome is is that different. The problem is um, the nutritional uh, deck, if you like, of what comes from a grain-fed 
um, cow that's had hormones and so on and so forth is very different to yep. a, uh, a grass-fed one, right? and, and that's just the way it is. That would just produce a different product. However, yep. if you're going to use dairy and you don't have an issue with it, then look for something that is easier to digest and has the least amount of um, other uh, particles in there. So mm-hmm. the two things that I would think of is either hydrolyzed whey, because it's partially broken down already and it absorbs very quickly, or whey isolate. Mm-hmm. Um, the concentrate and all the other casein and stuff, I'd really stay away from because they really upset uh, yeah. the tummy and a lot of people. So, but but um, also... It's not just the lactose because isolate doesn't have lactose. Hydrolyzed won't have lactose in it. And that's what people stay away from with dairy. But the proteins, the dairy proteins will also cause a lot of problems for some people. So if you're if you're using it and it's pre-digested like hydrolyzed or it's as pure as possible like isolate, then um, you've got less chance of that happening. But I'd still probably you know, eat your protein. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. So, so what I've heard and tell me how concerned people should be about this. So when we're talking about mass produced whey or even meat, right, we're talking about cows and I'm going to paint a picture for you. And I'm sorry if, uh, if this is a little uh, graphic, but you think about mass produced cows and how they're milked and how they're treated, right? They're shoved in tight quarters. They're injected with steroids and antibiotics to keep them healthy and producing as much milk as possible. Um, they oftentimes are walking around in their own feces. They're eating their own feces, right? So all of this happens, and then you drink the whey that comes from these cows. How much of these steroids and these antibiotics and crap and grain and all of this crap, how much of that stuff is coming through in the byproduct aka way that you're then consuming well i mean that's irrelevant whether it's um grass-fed or grain-fed because unless it's organic then they're still going to be having those hormones they give them hormones to produce milk so hormones and okay so i'm talking about i'm talking so gra- i'm not talking i'm talking about organic then here right yes. i want to i, so, I yeah. want to make a so great that's the, that's the yes. differentiator right if it's organic then clearly you're not going to be getting those sort of things in you mm-hmm. and also nowadays you can get raw milk um, yep, which has also got, uh, which is also a little bit easier to to digest for some people, yep. um, but you do have to be careful. It's pasteurized for a reason. There's you know can be stuff in there that can give you um, bacterial infections and stuff. But again, you know we're talking about these these things that really shouldn't be a concern to people until they've got their their basics right. Yep. Right, get the get your get your diet right. Eat the right foods. Don't overeat. Don't eat refined sugars. Stop eating um, processed foods. Get your gut health right. Remove all your toxicity, your mold, your chemical issue, your t- toxicity, heavy metals, whatever it is, get rid of it. Viruses, bacteria, get rid of it. Once all that is done, let's talk about milk and what you should be drinking. Yeah. Because that's, that's just so far down the road from yep. where you want to really be focusing on. Quick story, as you were mentioning casein, and you can tell me why this happened to me. So this was a decade ago. I remember being in my apartment and I remember this is when I first started my fitness journey. I didn't know anything. I went to GNC. 
asked the guy, what do I need? And he said, you need this, this, and this. Just the standard GNC guy who's going to recommend whatever he gets the biggest commission break on. And so I bought that. One of those products was casein. Casein you're supposed to take before bed, right? Because it's slow release and it's great during rest. And right, we've heard all of those things. I took it and I don't remember exactly how long after, but it wasn't long after. I started to get bumps. I started to break out. I don't know if it was hives. I don't know if it was pimples. I don't know what it was. Back of my neck. And then it started underneath my neck. And then I even got a pimple or a blister or a bump, whatever the hell it was, on my lip, on my lip. I took that shit so back so fast. I told him no, and I never, I've never had it ever since. But what what happened there? Is that just a reaction to the casing, or, or what happened? Why did yeah, that I mean, Why did that it, happen? It, it, well, that's a, that's what's called a histamine response. So it's like an allergy, and you come out in hives, or you come out in welts, or whatever it is. And your yeah. skin just wants to get rid of this stuff, and and casing in and of itself is a really interesting product because it turns into a gel in your stomach. It get, mm-hmm. it swells with fluid sits in your stomach as a gel, and it's very, very, very slow releasing. And the idea was that you had this almost slow drip of protein getting into your system overnight so that your body can use it to build muscle. Um, And I've got to be honest with you, I'm not up to date on the research with that kind of stuff anymore because it's not what I do. But um, just from what I know from biology and the way we work, I don't think it's beneficial. Um, And so... Casein in and of itself is a really irritating product for a lot of people. Whey, casein, all of that stuff is is the waste product of making things like cheese and cream and things. And it's the stuff that's got rid of. And there was a time many years ago where it was classed as actually toxic, um, but clearly they've got to get rid of it, so they put it through the food chain. But it just Mm -hmm. doesn't sit well with most people. Now, if you have a, uh, a Scandinavian heritage, uh, or especially very Northern European, and you're blonde and blue eyes, and you have the lactase persistent gene, which means that you can eat dairy very well, because if you look at Scandinavian countries, they live on dairy and fish and do extremely well. They can digest it very well, and they absorb it, and they don't have any issues with it. For mm-hmm. all the rest of us, probably not the place to go for your, your protein content. I also heard that casein is one of the ingredients they use to make glue. Did you know that? Not sure. Is that true? Um, I don't know but if it, sure it, certainly becomes a, a, it certainly becomes a, a gel-like substance. When yeah, it's, uh, so it's probably true. Anybody, someone's got to Google it and let us know. I heard that. All right, two more things that I want to talk about. We're going to wrap this thing up. Let's talk about right. the science, and then let's talk about your top, fi- top five supplements for somebody, for anybody. We're going to general generalize supplements. Yeah. Science. So these companies that are these companies that are producing science, right? My, this product is backed by science. Yeah. What's your thoughts about the science that? So, is okay. So very quickly, on, very quickly on this, because I could we could do a whole show on it, and I'm not going to because it gets it is absolutely pointless. But here's here's the thing. Um, so I'm an investor in a in a company that is researching and making a um, now I'm not even sure I should tell I should tell this story. I think you should tell this story. I think you should. I think you the, should. Okay, so they're, so they're making a, a product, right? And yep. um, and it's to it's, it's to address a specific issue that people have had for years. And um, long story short, there's a clinical trial going on at the moment with the with the um, 
the the goal of selling the company down the line. Mm-hmm. And so as an investor, I get updates as to where they're at in the clinical trials. I've also been involved with clinical trials elsewhere. I've done some stuff. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Right? The fact is, I get an email recently from them and they say, um, this is a, a general email goes out to all the investors. Um, we are we are at this point in the research and we expect um, results six months after the last participant starts the program. Mm-hmm. We've got 150 participants that are going to be doing it and we predict it will take six more months to get the last person starting. Therefore, in a year, we will have completed this phase of the trial. Great. However, we need to be very careful about the 150 people we select so that we get the result that we, or we've got the the best best chance of getting the result we want. So Mm -hmm. it may take longer to find the right people that will give us the result we're after. Okay. So yeah. it's not taking 150 people off the street, right? We're, no. we're, we're, we are specifically intentionally choosing them based on yeah. their DNA, based on their bi- yeah. genetic makeup, so that when yeah. we give them our product, we know the end result is going to build well, efficacy. We, we know it's going to be favorable. We're, yeah. we're going to have the best chance of having that, right? Now, yep. this actually, the thing that I'm talking about is not that ma- massively consequential because it's a specific thing for a specific reason. However... Most research is under the same sort of premise. And so you can find, still, if you dig long enough, you'll find research showing cigarettes are perfectly fine for you, right? It, it was in the 70s, there were doctors were standing up and waving it around in the court going, look, it's non-addictive. Okay. You can also find meat will give you cancer. Meat will cure cancer. You know, whatever it is you want to find. So a lot of research um costs a huge amount of money like millions of dollars and if you don't get the outcome you're after that's all been wasted so one or two things happens either you set it up so that it gives you a very good chance of getting what you want or you change your outcome during the process when you realize you're not going to get what you wanted so you pivot and you go well what else can we use this for oh okay we're going down that road but it proves something else and so science is lovely. It's really important. We need to have it. We need to understand what things do for us. But we have to also know how it's being um, carried out and what relevance it has to the, the use of that particular product. Now, here's where it's important. So let's say we do a, a, a study and we do a study on um, what we've got on my desk, vitamin D, right? We do a study on vitamin D and we show you that vitamin D improves eyesight. Just say, right? And we go, okay, Mike, this improves eyesight. And in the people we used it in, we got a benefit from 79% of people said that they got a better eye test six months after doing this particular protocol. Therefore, it improves your eyesight. Great. The problem is none of those people were Mike Morelli. None of those people had the same stress levels or hydration levels, or micronutrient levels, or gut health, or sleep patterns, or, 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 right? It's just not in you as a person. So all you can do is go, okay, maybe that can work. It's worth me trying, okay? Now, the other thing is, you very rarely take one supplement at a time. There's yeah. very often, 
a stack you of you're going here. Yep. Yep. And now I need to see the research that says Mike Morelli and his sleep and his hydration and his gut health and his stress and, 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 and the vitamin D along with the detox organics and the whey protein and the omega-3 and the nucleotides and this in combination, how's that work for you? And unless you've got that, the science is a guideline. It's not cast iron proof of anything. Sure. Because you never use it in isolation. It's always going to be used in in a protocol with something else. Sure. And and so it's so, but, but, but here's the thing, right? We need some kind of understanding about the value of things. So you take it as that. You go, okay, there's research here that says this could work in those circumstances, so that's a good thing. And I'm going to come to one last thing, and then we'll move on, I promise you. There's a difference between supplements and nutraceuticals. And so what I use with patients are are things called nutraceuticals, which have their own research that has proven that that particular product helps with viral infection or helps with specific strains of bacterial infection almost like a pharmaceutical and it's been done under controlled um, uh, protocols that allow you to say right we can see this works now it doesn't mean let's say it's ginkgo which i know is in one of your products right um it's not that but let's just say as an example so this product uh, is, is ginkgo and it's got curcumin in it and it's got boswellia in it and it's got three other ingredients and as a combination we've done the research on it and we've seen um improvements in these areas therefore that that product is research backed now other companies will take boswellia for example one of those things and go well the research says this works okay yeah but you're not going to take it on your own and so the companies that we use are only ones that have done it in combination with other things and we know synergistically it works to produce the result we want. And you don't get that very often in the mainstream, right? That's why these things cost a lot of money and and so on. Mm -hmm. So -hmm. when you look at the mainstream studies, you have to take it as a guidance. And whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, you go, well, I can see what that says. And then you've got the next thing called metadata, meta-analysis, which is here's a hundred different uh, research papers all about whey protein. What overall was the outcome? What are the commonalities between all of it? And then you've got a much more accurate figure. So should you listen to just the science, you should understand it's there as a guidance thing and it's not there as a proof of concept. Got it. That's my opinion. Yeah, that's really, really good. Thank you for sharing that. All right, we're going to finish with two things. One, a beautiful deal for anyone that wants detox organic supplements. Two, really quickly though, top five supplements in your mind, general supplements that uh, everyone should be taking that you think everyone can benefit from? Uh, fish oil. Okay. Um, but but think, what should they look for in a fish oil? Well, it needs to be a, a decent um, DHA, uh, DHA, EPA. Um, there are a few brands out there that are good. I don't want to promote anybody. Um, but but look but is into there a, a certain decent... like is there a certain ratio like what what should people be looking for how, how much of different. each there's a lot of different ones so you've got omega-3 6 and 9 you've got yep. some things with 7 in it some are vegan some are uh, fish based so you need to really think about that and, and I'm not going to prescribe anything and say that's what you should look for right I'm just saying fish oils are useful they're anti-inflammatory you should you should look into it right got it um, okay I think you what should number? have a very good multi-nutrient 
So like a multivitamin that has also phytonutrients and uh, antioxidants and um, digestive enzymes and prebiotics, probiotics and that whole thing. And you can get them. Um, And there's one particular one that I like to use or or I like to give patients and that works really well. So you're covering everything, right? right? If you don't use that, then use something like a superfoods, like your detox organics. Um, So we've we've covered like multivitamins, all of the antioxidant, um, phytonutrients, blah, 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 your fish oils. And then uh, for me, it would be vitamin D because everyone is going to be short in it. Most people, unless they're supplementing and nucleotides. And then Mm -hmm. that's it. Awesome. As As a base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And outside of that, you're then looking at specialist things that are going to be targeted towards your specific needs from right. a, from a health perspective. Right. And sure. I'm not talking about shortfalls in B12 or, or lipase, you know, digestive enzymes or whatever it is, because that's already been taken care of in that stack. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about, you know, how do we attack the herpes simplex virus that you've got or the cytomegalovirus or the, Boswellia or, or the or the Bartonella, whatever it is, how do we deal with those specific things? Because everything right. else would have been taken. And that's more of a a supplemental prescription beyond those five that's core an, things. Yeah, that that's not something you would just pick up a shelf. Love it. Anything else? Any last words as people are thinking about getting into supplements, already taking supplements, trying to figure out what supplements to take? Any sort of last words for uh, of wisdom for people who want a supplement? Get your basics right. Yeah. Always, always comes back to that. Right. right Get the right. basics. Every single right. episode, right? You've got yeah. to because people, are, you know, the supplementation is way down the line. Yep. Now you can use it initially to support some stuff. But again, you've got to remember, you've got to digest and absorb them. And if your gut is compromised, you're still not going to digest and absorb it properly unless it's already very, very bioavailable in some form. Right. And so if you're taking a capsule, Again, this is the last thing I'm going to say on this. Rates of absorption, worst to best, okay? Mm-hmm. Worst, tablet. Tablet form is awful for absorption. And then you've got uh, capsule, gel cap, uh, liquid, and then liposomal. And so liposomal is the best absorption because it comes, you, you absorb it straight into your gums and your tongue, you spray it normally in your mouth or you take it as a liquid and it just absorbs straight into your tissue. Mm-hmm. Liquid is the next easiest thing or the next most available. Then you've got a gel cap, which generally has a liquid within a cap uh, because it wants to bypass the stomach acid. Then you have um, capsules and then tablets. Got it. Well, that was really good. And so I'm glad you knowing what you're using is, um, is, is obviously important as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Paul. I hope that uh, those of you that are listening had a great time, learned some things. For those of you that are still listening, enter (laughs) Health Talk Radio when you go to detoxorganics.com and you'll get 25, uh, 25, 20% off your entire order. We'll keep that code live for our listeners. Uh, For those of you that are watching on YouTube, hit the like, hit the share, subscribe. If you're on Spotify or iTunes, we'd love to see your review. We are reading them. We are going to be back next week. I don't know what we're talking about, but it's going to be amazing. Thank you so much, Paul. I love you, brother. I I think people are really enjoying these. Let's do mushrooms next week. Mushrooms? Specific yeah. mushrooms? Okay. Uh, we, right. we can talk about psilocybin if you want, but I don't think that's what I you're love about. that idea. I love that no. idea. 
We're yeah, not, I've been microdosing. I've been I've been microdosing with it. I can share I can share, share some stuff. Yeah, well, we can yep. definitely have a conversation about that. But yeah. I was going to talk about medicinal mushrooms, which are um, something that you've got in a lot of your products, but also they they are very useful. And there are some distinctions between, you know, which ones should and shouldn't be used, maybe. But anyway, we can talk about. I love that. it. I love it. Well, we'll figure it out. Thank you so much for listening, watching, whatever you're doing. And stay tuned for our next episode on the Health Talk Radio. Over and out.